look who's coming up. Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily, and of course, it's the kickoff of the NFL season. So, two big reasons uh, why I am very excited about today's show. Welcome to the program. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily, coming to you from the marsh just outside of Edmonton. My name is Dean Millard, and uh, it is a pleasure to have you on the show, welcome to our Twitch stream, or you may be watching this uh, on our YouTube channel, or you may be listening to it in audio form in our podcast format. So however you're joining us, thank you so much for being a part of the program today. And uh, like I said, uh, I am really excited about today's show uh, because I get to uh, geek out uh, with a fellow goalie. Like, you know, Larry Fisher and I can talk goalies all the time, but Neither Larry and Fisher and I played in the NHL. Mike McKenna did. He's also with Daily Faceoff. He's an analyst uh, with Daily Faceoff. So really looking forward to chatting with Mike. Uh, Chatted with him over the years on Twitter. Uh, I think he does a great job. I used to work for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights as well. So we're going to talk with Mike. Uh, We're going to get some uh, fantasy answers there. That's a little bit better. Some fantasy answers for you uh, when it comes to uh, some goaltending and when it comes to athletes, professional athletes, and fantasy. Also, Andy McNamara. Every Thursday, Andy is going to join us at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Mike's going to join us in our next segment at 4.20 Eastern. Andy, every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Hashtag Ask Andy. Throw it out there on Twitter. Uh, throw it in the Twitch message board. Andy will answer your fantasy football questions. Tonight... We'll get to some start and sit options uh, in a second, uh, but Andy will have your answers. If you have some questions, just drop them in our Twitch message chat, or you can send them to uh, Andy at AndyMC81 on Twitter. You can also get us at UFS Network. Use the hashtag AskAndy, ask and we will get to that. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, our Dauber hockey preview today. The champs missing one piece, two pieces from, from last year. Still excellent fantasy options with the Colorado Avalanche. Excellent, excellent fantasy options. So we'll run through that uh, a little bit later on in the program. We'll get to our top three, our question of the day. Uh, We'll have bold predictions today. Uh, That's why I just want to hear some bold predictions from you. Uh, We're talking about the NFL season today. So what your bold predictions are for the NFL season when it comes to fantasy. All right. That is what we are rolling with uh, on the show today. So let's get right into it with our question of the day. And, and I, I kept this simple today because 
I know it's a stressful day for a lot of people. It's the first day and, and you know, it could be a, a good anxiety, bad anxiety, just general excitement for the uh, fantasy football season. So let's just have some fun and keep it simple. What is the name of your fantasy football team? I mean, there is a ton of creativity out there. There's a lot of really amazing names. Now, let's try to keep it clean, though. What are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. No swearing on this show, so keep the names clean uh, if you can. But let's have a lot of fun with this. I mean, there are some amazing names. And this is the start of your run to the playoffs. Playoffs? So, what is the name of your fantasy football team drop it in the chat hit me up on twitter at duck millard or you can also uh also reach me at ufs network uh that is the uh twitter account um and i will uh be monitoring that account as we go so at Duck Millard, at UFS Network, or you can uh, just uh, drop your thoughts, etc., in the chat. I mean, this is the day. Just like the, the, every other team in the NFL, this is the day you feel your fantasy team, blank, whatever their name is, has an opportunity. By the way, Hands up if you're the defending champ in your league. Yeah. Not Duckman's Domination, that's my hockey team. But Brandon 8-Ball, that's the name of my fantasy team. We named it after a place where we grew up. And we had the weirdest season last year. Eight straight wins to start, six straight losses, and then run the table in the championship. So Brandon 8-Ball, defending champion. But I want to know, what is the name of your fantasy football team again you can drop that in the chat uh you can hit us up on uh, twitter love to see the creativity uh, that is out there you know certainly in the uffs leagues the the names are they're more of a, on a professional level where you're 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 trying to be a professional franchise but in 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 home leagues you can get crazy fun with your fantasy leagues and i think creative names started from the league like, did you ever watch the league? If you haven't, and you're a fantasy fan, I don't know, you know, like yesterday, fill in the blanks. If you haven't watched the league, do you even fantasy? It's awesome. And some creative names came out of that. I, I My baseball names were always better. Cy Young and the Restless was my ba- one baseball team. The one football team I had last year was uh, Laramie Tunsil's Gas Mask. I'm sure people can figure that, what that means. But there's so many good ones out there. You can include players that you uh, have on your team. You know, I know a guy that had a team was, was Calvin Ridley and Hobbs. That was his team. So obviously wouldn't work right now. But anyway, uh, I'd love to know what the name of your fantasy team is. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, or uh, like I said, uh, you can get us in the chat. Our top three today. Top three, and I'm calling them Reggie Wayne receivers. The best number two guys that are going to shine. Reggie Wayne was always, well, not always, um, but most of his career, the number two guy to Marvin Harrison. Both amazing guys, Hall of Famers, awesome receivers. 
Is Reggie Wayne in the Hall of Fame? He should be in the Hall of Fame. So that's what I'm going with. I used to love, I, tr- I tried to, you know, as a lot of people tried to get Reggie Wayne on their teams. And, and you know, you'd wait for somebody to take Harrison and then you take Reggie Wayne. So this year, and, you know, Matt Beauvais, great breakdown of the Buffalo Bills yesterday. If you missed that, check it out on YouTube, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. But he gave a, a terrific reason for why Gabriel Davis is the guy to be looking at in Buffalo if you're stacking your receivers with your quarterback. And, you know, it's not crazy hard to figure out. Um, first of all, Diggs is going to cost you more in as far as a pick or his contract if you're in a, a salary cap league. And obviously, he's going to get the number one attention. So, Gabe Davis, based on the, the discussion we had yesterday, number one. Allen Robinson, who we're going to see tonight. We're going to see two number two receivers going head-to-head uh, tonight. And Adam Thielen of the Vikings. Those are my three, but certainly would love to hear uh, from you. S. Peters 18, new time, new chat man. Thank you. Uh, mine is Slick Fart. That's that's their uh, fantasy team name. All right. Yeah, mine is Brandon 8-Ball. It's not the uh, most creative because uh, it's been around a long time. Uh, my, my name last year, as I mentioned, was Laramie Tunsil's Gas Mask. And... Um, Trying to think of any other crazy good football names I've had. Not really. Mostly my better names are in baseball. Uh, Those are the better creative names I've had. So chime in with what your fantasy football team name is and who are your top three Reggie Wayne receivers, the best number two guys on teams this year when it comes to fantasy. Gabe Davis, Alan Robinson, Adam Thielen. That's what I'm going with. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Chime in on uh, the Twitch message board, or uh, by the way, you can get us on Twitter. Also, if you're if you're not into commercials and you want to skip the commercials on this show, easy way to do that. Just hit full subscription. Buy a full sub, no commercials. Just for people that buy full subscriptions we appreciate everybody's support it's been a lot of fun launching this show and uh, we're gonna have so much more fun as we go along on the program all right so our top three our question of the day are taken care of Uh, let's get into some big stories obviously the 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 biggest story today is that the uh, rams And the Bills get after it again. So here's a little start sit for you to to get things going uh, here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We'll get rid of the uh, ticker for right now. But this, you know, it's not rocket science when you look at the quarterbacks. You're you're starting both of these guys and hoping that they, uh, you know, have a game of the century once again and see what happens. Um, On the Bills side... I would, I, you know, I hope you have better options than these two running backs. Obviously, if you don't, you're starting him, but I'm really hoping that you do because, as Matt said yesterday, I, he doesn't think any of these guys are going to be fantasy worthy. So, hopefully, you have something better when it comes to your running backs uh, rather than anybody in the Buffalo Bills organization right now. 
So I would be sitting both of those guys. Stefan Diggs, obviously you're starting. Gabe Davis, you're starting. Dawson Knox, I saw a lot of sit with him. I wouldn't. I think Josh Allen is going to hit him for a touchdown tonight. He's not going to get be a big target guy. Uh, but I think tonight, you know, first game of the year, fresh off a new contract, things could be really exciting for him. So I'd be starting him, and I will be starting him. Obviously, on the other side, you're starting Matt Stafford. Uh, I, I think both guys are worth starting, you know. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see what about the split. Uh, and Cooper Cup, you're starting. Allen Robinson, as mentioned, you're starting. And I wouldn't be starting the other tight end, uh, Higby, or uh, any other of the receivers. We'll see what Andy McNamara has to say when he chimes in uh, a little bit later. As Peter says, I know someone has to have a better name than me. Yeah, there are tons of better names than than Slick Fart, definitely. Uh, um, so, yeah, you can definitely do that. Uh, question, can we sign those players on UFFS? Well, head to uffsports.com. Or uh, here, I'll throw up uh, the the info board uh, just for you, uh, S. Peters 18. There you go. Info at uffsports.com. Best thing to do is uh, send an email. We can get some information out to you. The franchises in UFAFL that mirrors the NFL is already, uh, they're already sold. So they're done already. Uh, there's already the league. It's going into its uh, second season. Uh, there are college football, but you can list players as a college scout or as a scout, uh, and then they participate in college. But if you wanted to get a franchise, certainly uh, you can. Uh, franchises are always for sale. Uh, you just have to reach out info at uffsports.com, and you can you can buy a franchise. They're always for sale right now. So. Send an email, check into it. It's the most realistic fantasy option that you will see. All right, so there's my start, sit options. Agree, disagree, please reach out. Uh, chime in on the message board. Hit me up at Duck Millard on Twitter. Or you can get us at UFS Network. Apologize if there's a banging in the background. There is construction going on at my place. Okay, so the uh, football season wouldn't be the football season without uh, franchise GMs uh, ripping out their hair before a game has even started. And Field Yates has done that for fantasy owners already. So, hey, if you're a fantasy owner and you didn't have a problem, check out the tweet from Field Yates. Because it will make you pull your hair out if you have Christian McCaffrey. So the Panthers have added running back Christian McCaffrey to the injury report due to a shin issue. But he was a full participant in practice today. Practice? So I think my favorite thing about this is this the comments. Like, they're so predictable. And it begins mid-season form, says TWE underscore Esquire. Uh, I love that. And you know what? We, we're a family show. We're, we're trying to keep it clean on here. Uh, so, so we didn't put some of the worst ones up there. What are we? We're, 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 we're
That's right. We don't swear on this show. We don't need to swear to get cheap laughs on this show. But right away, out of the box, Christian McCaffrey. Added to the injury report due to a shin issue. I feel for uh, CMC and um, owners. I had him a couple of years, 2019. He had his best year. Ended up dealing him. Just got away from the curse of the injuries. He was so good, as we showed you yesterday. um, 123 points ahead of Aaron Jones that year. But if he's not on the field, he's not helping anybody. Hopefully, hopefully, because he's too exciting to not be. And too many people are pinning their hopes on him to win their fantasy leagues. You know, I do think Jonathan Taylor's probably the, well, he is the running back number one. McCaffrey, when he's not hurt, is a running is is the number two running back because of the, the pass-catching ability. But if he's not, then you got, you know, guys like Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, uh, Jefferson, or Jefferson's a receiver, sorry, uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Anyway, Christian McCaffrey, let's hope he's healthy. But that tweet from Field Yates set a whole lot of people uh, into agony. This yesterday sent a whole lot of people into ecstasy as we switch to baseball for one quick second. High drive, left field, going back, cave, turning, locking, see ya. Number 55, double nickels. Yankees are on the board. It's 3-1 Twins. Yeah, 55 for Aaron Judge yesterday, and it was a big one. They were facing a rookie pitcher. And... uh, they were down 3-0. They ended up coming back to win. They actually won both of the double headers. High drive, left field. Going Just back, Kane, turning, locking, see ya. Number 55, double nickels. Yankees are on the board. It's 3 Pretty impressive wins. stuff from Aaron Judge, who's uh, it's got to be the fantasy MVP this year. I know Phil Beavis doesn't want to hear that in his Reapers team because he's got Shohei. Judge is your fantasy MVP. In my opinion, as the dude said. All right. Aaron Judge, 55 yesterday. They'll be back at the Twins tonight. The chase for 61 continues and more. But when we return, we're going to turn our attention towards the ice. It's goalie day here on the show. Uh, Really excited. We're going to talk to uh, former NHL goaltender Mike McKenna. Get some fantasy news for you poolies out there. What goalies um, are going to be shining this year? And what's it like when it comes to fantasy and the pros? I think we'll have a lot of fun with that. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Back in uh, about one minute's time when we get things set up.
All right, just after 4.20 p.m. Eastern Time, this is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Thanks for tuning in on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. You can also catch the show in replay on our YouTube channel. Just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. And wherever you find your podcast form in audio format, you can find the show as well. Just search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports uh, Network. All right, so obviously a lot of attention on uh, fantasy football today. Uh, We'll be chatting with Andy McNamara a little bit later. Ask Andy, send in your questions. Uh, Drop them in our Twitch chat right now or send them to at Duck Millard or at AndyMC81. But uh, the hockey season is just around the corner, uh, and the weather has turned cool, and that's when you know. I I remember delivering papers as a kid. Oh, weather's cool. It's going to be tryouts soon, and I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Not that I don't love warm Septembers, but getting in the mood for hockey season is so much fun. And it's been a hot, crazy offseason, and we are pleased to bring in uh, our first guest today, uh, former NHL goaltender Mike McKenna, who is now with uh, Daily Faceoff. Uh, Mike, uh, great to chat with you. Uh, The offseason almost over. Can you smell hockey in the air? (laughs) You know, in St. Louis, Missouri, it's going to be a little while before it's cool enough that you can walk into an arena and really smell it. Like, like Dean, you know that, you know exactly what I mean. When you walk into yeah. the rink and it has that aroma to it, we're a little bit of a ways away from that here purely because of the temperature. But you know what? It is ramping up. And I know well because I've got two kids in youth hockey now, ages six and nine. And I think I'm coaching six out of seven nights out of the week. <laughs> so, yeah, man, hockey's around the corner just waiting for the NHL teams to get going like the kids. Yeah, busier than almost when you were playing, uh, when you're coaching kids like that. It's awesome. And yeah, the NHL teams just around the corner, ready to take the ice. That means fantasy guys are, are getting geared up, um, you know, and, and fantasy mirrors real life a lot of times. So I thought we would talk about, you know, some of the goalies in the different divisions. Uh, who are a couple of goalies of interest, good or bad, for, for whatever reason, that pique your interest from each division in the NHL? Now, let's go to the Metro first. And, you know, it'd be easy to take starting goalies everywhere. Um, but I, I kind of look all across the board here. And I've got my eye on two guys. Uh, Ilya Sorokin is one of them with the New York Islanders that I think if that team can be better in front of him over the long haul of this season, you're going to really see Sorokin step up, uh, maybe even into the Vezina conversation. This guy is right on par with Shishjurkin when it comes to his skating and his movements and puck tracking. Um, I thought he's, I think he's done a really good job there. The question is how good will that Islanders team be? I think Lou Lamorello struck out this off season, basically didn't make any moves other than bringing Romanov in as a defenseman from the Montreal Canadiens. So question marks there. The other one's Jonas Corposalo in Columbus. Now that may seem like a strange pick because he's pretty much ridden shotgun as a number two, the last year and a half or so behind Elvis Merzlikens. But to me for Corposalo, this is a year to get his career back on track. It hasn't gone well the past couple. He's had injuries that have prevented him from playing his best. And he's got all the skill. So I really am looking to him to have a a season where he bounces back. Um, So the Metro is pretty wide open. You know, there's a lot of other intriguing people there. we got Blackwood, Shurkin, Freddie Anderson, uh, Mm -hmm. just to name a few. But I think Sorokin and and Corpusala are two of those guys in the Metro that I kind of have my eye on there. Yeah, and and I like how the 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 way you put it is that these guys are are wanting to push and and not be that 
that backup. And, you know, maybe the opportunity is there. Uh, I don't know what happens in, in Columbus, like you said, but there's certainly an opportunity. Bit of a gamble maybe for some fantasy uh, owners to take as a starter, but certainly a guy, a good gamble as a, as a backup or a number two guy in fantasy hockey. Yeah, I agree. You know, especially in a league, if you've got, if you're a goalie heavy league, like one of the, really the one league that I play in, um, which happens to be mostly old goaltenders, you can imagine we're, we're heavy on that. So having a tandem, um, that's not a bad deal. And maybe with Columbus, that'll be one, but, you know, looking at other divisions in the Atlantic, I've got my eye on Matt Murray in Toronto, which I think everybody does. Um, And the reason being is that there's a really good goalie somewhere in Matt Murray. He just Mm -hmm. has to be unlocked again. And if the new goalie coach there, Curtis Sanford, can pull that off, can get Murray back to where he had been previously early in his career at the Penguins, I think he'll be just fine in Toronto. So that's one I want to keep an eye on. I think he's going to play a decent amount. Uh, Him and Samsonov may split to start. I think Murray might have an inside track there. Um, But one guy that I think Dino could be a real sleeper for fantasy holders might be Eric Comrie in Buffalo. Mm. And this is a guy who's... You know, he's played 20, 25 games in a backup role. He's ridden the carousel, but I think this guy's knocking on the door, and I know Buffalo wants to give him a bit of a push there. So um, I, I think from a fantasy standpoint, he's an interesting one. But that Atlantic division's tough because it's pretty much all tandems. You know, you've got yeah. Bobrovsky and Knight. You've got Samsonov and Murray, Swayman and Allmark, Nedeljkovic and Huso, Forsberg, Talbot. Like, there's a lot going on in the Atlantic, uh, but those are the two guys I like there. Yeah, it's like having the you know the the Buffalo Bills running backs. You just don't want uh, you don't know who's going to play and who's going to get the ball and and who's going to get the starts in, in goaltending. All right, let's move out west. A lot of movement when it comes to goaltenders out west, and maybe a little bit more solidified roles on some of the top guys. But what division you want to start with out west? Yeah, well, you nailed it when it comes to the west because especially in the western division, that's where I'm going to go first. They you have more traditional number one goaltenders there. Um, I try to avoid using the phrase starter or the word starter, uh, but I fall back into my old habits a lot because I think Mm -hmm. in today's world, you really have a number one and a number two or a 1A and a 1B. However you want to label it, goalies all play for the most part 50 and 30 games, and that's if no one gets injured. So um, in the Western Division, I am really got my eye on Connor Hellebuck. Last year was a down season for him and for the Jets in general. It wasn't what his normal pace was. Um, I, I think he's got another gear, but he's going to have to find it. The game's gotten faster, uh, and, and I'm not sure that he has. So I think Hellebuck's got more to give, and he's going to have to in Winnipeg. He has no backup uh, in sight with David Riddich, who's another reclamation project. It's Hellebuck's net. Uh, the other one, big one, big one in the Western Conference to me is uh, division is Georgiev in mm. Colorado. They brought him in to be. Uh, what we all think would be their number one goalie, but I think Pavel Francouz is really going to push him. So can Georgiev find that next gear? I'm not sure he's going to have the crease there. Um, I think Francouz may actually end up being the guy in Colorado by the time it's all said and done, but Georgiev really interests me. But boy, you've got some good picks there, though, if you want fantasy. I mean, you could take Fleury, Bennington, Ottinger, Soros. You plug any of those goalies in, and I think you're going to have a pretty successful uh, attendee on your team in fantasy. Yeah, you, you're right. It's 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 weird how it's way more kind of uh, well as cut and dry as it can be in the NHL um, as far as like you said with number one goalies. Okay, uh, in fantasy, depending on your league, your you know wins are important, but shots, facing shots mm-hmm. in a lot of leagues. Uh, who are some of the guys that are just going to be high volume uh, shots against uh, that that could add up in a points per a points league? 
Yeah, and that's important. Um, the league I'm in, again, goalies, that's common. So I think Peter Mrazek's going to get shelled with the Blackhawks, <laughs> and I think he's going to play a lot too as yeah. long as he's healthy. So that's always your question mark with Mrazek is that he's hurt a lot. Um, but if he's in the net, he's going to face an awful lot. I think Jake Allen's going to be in the same boat in Montreal. He had a lot of shots on goal last year, um, and, and I don't see that changing with that club. And John Gibson's probably in that same boat, too. So I think those three guys are all going to be really busy. I also think Talbot and Forsberg in Ottawa, they're still going to see rubber. Even though I like that Senators team, they're going to be improved this year. They're still not great defensively. So um, those are some of the guys. And, and just to flip back quickly in the Pacific Division, two goalies mm. I got my eye on. I've got uh, Logan Thompson in Vegas and Cal Peterson. Two full right goaltenders, Dino, and my eyes on him because Cal Peterson's got to win a job. This is his year. He's got to take that job from Jonathan Quick. And I think it's Logan Thompson's job to lose in Vegas. Yep. And he's coming in with a bit of juice in the American Hockey League, top goaltender just two years ago. So those are two really interesting ones to keep an eye on as well. Thompson might be a great sleeper pick in fantasy. Yeah, totally. Because, the, you know, the, that Vegas team, and you were no, you were there, they have so much of everything. And uh, they, they had goaltending options, and then all of a sudden uh, they're, they're scrambling for goaltenders. But there's an opportunity there. They traded for Aiden Hill. I think Brassois is mm-hmm. banged up coming in. So there is definitely an opportunity. And you're right. That could be a really good sleeper pick. Maybe your number two goalie that you take in fantasy and in your draft, and uh, you gamble on that, and, and it could really pay off. Um, what about the Vesna? Do, do we see familiar names again? Is there anybody that makes a surprise run at the Vesna this year, do you think? I think it's going to be a lot of the same. And sometimes it just happens um, purely based on reputation. You know Vasilevsky's going to get votes. Shosturkin's going to be right there. Um, the way Shosturkin moves and tracks pucks, I just think he's at the top of the game. But you'll still see Saros and Markstrom right there. But if I'm going to try to pick somebody who I think might push that might surprise people, I think Tristan Jari could be in the mix. He was so good for Pittsburgh for the first about two-thirds of last season. If he could do a full year like that, um, that's really intriguing to me because this guy is better than people realize. And I think he's right at that cusp of kind of people noticing it. Um, and, and the other one for Vezina, now this is a totally off the wall guess, but if either one of the Boston Bruins goalies, whether it's yes. Linus Olmark or Jeremy Swayman, if one of those two can grab fire and grab that net, because they're both good goalies, it's going to take like really good goaltending to grab that. And it would probably push Boston up in the standings. I think that's an outside sleeper pick. One of those two might get some votes. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I think one of them can make a huge difference for their team. Yeah, I was saying last week, I think Swayman is my breakout, uh, one of the candidates for breakout players this year, just because, you know, the band is back together in Boston for one more year, and there's a, there's definitely an opportunity because uh, they're, they're splitting. So I think that's he is a guy that, you know... You might be, you could take him thinking he's going to play a lot and he might split exactly mm-hmm. down the middle, or he could go 50 30. I think there's a real opportunity there. So I really like that, um, that team, especially because everybody back together. Uh, okay, so wins are obviously something. I wish there was a quality stat start in hockey uh, like there is in baseball for pitchers, maybe 30 saves, less than three goals or something like that, or two goals or something. What's a stat that you think is great to define a goaltender's success uh, in, in fantasy? What's one that? What's your go-to stat? It's, it's so hard, but really, like, if you're just looking at the basic numbers – I mean, in fantasy, it's all weighted towards wins for the most part in my eyes. You know, in the real world, 
I think save percentage is where you look right off the bat, but really the best metric I've seen is goals saved above average. And there's a couple of different websites that aggregate all that information. It can be goals saved above average. There's a couple different names for it that I can't think of off the top of my head because it's all blurred lines. But um, I kind of go in that order. I go save percentage, and then I look at goals against, and then I look at shots against and try to figure out how hard the workload is. And, you know, you play goal long enough, you can kind of figure that out. But those goals saved above metrics really take a lot of things into account um, and those can give you a good idea who may at least in the future provide you good value at the fantasy level uh, with something just beyond the topical stuff because we all know wins wins matter man and that's really what you need you need a horse that's going to play a lot of games take a lot of shots and get a lot of wins yeah, I'm trying to. I'm I'm pushing forth a quality start stat in, in our uh, hockey league because I think I, would love I think it, man. I think it's great. I think it's a great thing in in baseball that really helps it. Okay, so that's the numbers. What about the look? Uh, you know, I find goalies <laughs> a lot of them. Um, you know, when, as I was growing up, uh, I don't know, I've got the, the plant and the Fuhrer somewhere, but they had all these different masks and, and they looked a little bit different. I I sort of think goalies look a, a little bit similar these days but now or, or, or i did but now i think we're seeing some real creativity in the setups of the gear and and the designs and stuff like that because for a while there it just looked like you know every goalie almost was was the same with the, a different mask i like the the yeah. the new creativity in the gear setup i always loved hockey cards as a kid looking at and then i would try those poses in the game and things like that who, who do you like as a setup whose look do you like you know, I'm I'm so partial to goalies that'll wear Bauer equipment because I wore them for years. And this isn't a plug for that company. I just think they're at the edge of the creative cusp because they were the first one to start digitally printing the designs on the pads, which yes. uh, admittedly it drives the old schoolers crazy because it's not cut and paste and sewn <laughs> on. And um, from two feet away, you can tell that it's a graphic, but in the stands, you can't. It looks great. You know, like I wore a retro set one year that I loved uh, when I was with the Dallas Stars. It was a Bauer Reactor 5 retro set. I was like one of the first guys to do it, and now I'm seeing it pretty often. Um, you know you know who I think is always really well-dressed in net? I think Jacob Markstrom's look is always clean and solid. Mm -hmm. He incorporates all the colors without being overboard. Um, I really like that Tristan Jari went back to the dark gear and we're starting to see more of that. Even Brian Elliott did it in Tampa as well. I think we've learned that it doesn't matter what color you're wearing. It's the mm -hmm. goalie and net. Um, and, and so those guys are really good, but I've loved Ottinger's setup, just the simple, crisp, clean and white. But again, I, this is the second time I'm going to mention this guy, but Linus Olmark has a great sense for style. Like he's, he's kind of taken Lundqvist's, kind of design and molded it into his own with that Swedish element to right. it and in Boston and some of the things in the background. So I, I think his look is always solid. Um, and the more color, the better, man. So many guys just have the plain white pads and I get so bored with it. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Uh, growing up, this was mine, Andy Moog, uh, my favorite goalie. Uh, I've got an entire wall for him over here. Who was your favorite goalie and why? It started as Greg Millen. Uh, he was the first goalie in net for the St. Louis Blues that I saw as a kid where I grew up, and he was full right. right. So uh, it all fit. And you know what? Years later, when I debuted with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Greg was working for uh, Canadian television, and he came and sat down next to me in the locker room and just started to do his homework, you know, after a morning skate. And I just looked at him. I go, you have no idea what's going on here, do you? He goes, no, what are you talking about? And I go, man, you're the reason why I'm a goalie. And it was just like a like head explode moment. Um, and we've stayed in such sense. It's been amazing uh, to get to know that person. But 
Um, you know, after that, for me, favorite goalie was basically whoever was in net for the St. Louis Blues, man. Mm. Like it went from Curtis Joseph to Grant Fuhrer and Guy Bear, but um, there is one guy out there that I always wanted to emulate, and it was Ron Hextall because I wanted to score a goal. I saw him put that thing in the bottom right corner of the net when I was like four or five years old. And I wanted to be a goalie that scores goals. And um, I did it in juniors when I was 17, I scored. And dude, it was the first in the history of the North American hockey league tier, you know, junior hockey in the U S scored by a goalie. uh, And I never really had a good chance after that, but I did get one. I got to be Hextall for a moment. And um, I tell you what, man, that was one of the favorite best moments of my life when it went in. No kidding. That that's amazing to be able to do that. You know, when I was growing up, like like Ron Hextall after practice in Brandon, and you've probably heard this story being around Vegas, like he would shoot pucks into yep. the stands all the time. And, you know, every kid in Brandon tried to do that and we could hardly raise it. So that's really cool. Uh you, you say self-described suitcase on your Twitter handle. How many jerseys do you have and why <laughs> number fifty-six? I must have 30 jerseys. Like I actually get this asked often enough that I should have a little post-it note on my computer to be ready for it. Uh, it's the same type of question. Like how many teams did you play for? And I'm like, I, I think 24. Um, I know I played for seven NHL and dressed games for two more. So mm-hmm. nine total. Right. Um, which is wild. Cause I have the NHL record and I only played 36 games in the league, man. Crazy. It's me, Ron Tugnut and Sean Burke. We all dressed games for nine teams. The difference was, those two played games for all nine. I only played for seven and backed up for two others. And they have like thousands of games between them. So that's crazy to me. Um, I think I have like 30-something jerseys. And as far as 56, um, I started wearing that my second year pro as a tribute to my dad and my grandpa. It was my dad's racing number. Wow. race cars, open-wheel cars, like Indy cars. And uh, I just thought, man, I'm playing in Vegas in the ECHL. It's a glitzy town. I'm like, I bet they'll let me wear 56. It's a weird number for a goalie. And I asked. And um, so basically every time you saw me wear 56 after that, you know that the team gave me an option to choose and nobody else was wearing it. That's really cool. That's an an amazing story. So fantasy sports, we've been talking about it here. This is a, a fantasy show. What are, what's fantasy sports like in the locker room of, of uh, either an NHL team or a professional hockey team? Like, is it all football? Is it everything? What, what's it like? What was it like on the teams that you played on? I would say football definitely dominates. Um, and especially because in season, that's really what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know many teammates that were really into basketball. That wasn't a sport that really resonated in the locker room for whatever reason, but football did. And man, I'll give you my best story about it. And it might even tie into kind of what we, we might go a little further on, but I'm riding on the plane with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I've only been, been there for a little bit and I'm sitting in the back with Fedor Tutin next to him because that's where Bobrovsky usually sat. Well, I was in the lineup for Bobrovsky. So I sat next to Toots on the plane and like, dude, Toots is from like Russia, man. I think, or Ukraine, whatever is he, Russian, Ukraine, wherever he is from over there. And he's got, NFL football going on his phone in like 2014, right? And you're, I'm expecting this to be some like red-blooded American who might do this. And the only reason Toots was into f- football was because of fantasy, because he got so competitive with it and wanted to win so bad, which is, I mean, this is a pro hockey, pro athlete story. We want to win so bad that you'll get overboard in whatever you get into. And that was Toots. He's sitting there watching the game everywhere he could, just, di- just digesting everything about fantasy football. 
Um, so that, that was kind of cool to see. I never did fantasy football. I wasn't into it. Um, I never did fantasy until I retired from the sport. Yeah. And it's, then, we, it'd be weird to play and, fantasy and, hockey while you're playing. It would have. And, and here's, here's the craziest part. So the, the fantasy hockey league that I'm in, the EKHL, which I, I'm not going to mention the full name of it, but that's what okay. it is. It's all old goaltenders yeah. um, that all used to work for one person within hockey. And we have this kind of elite club of guys. <laughs> and they, they wanted me to join the fantasy league, but they, we couldn't do it while I was playing. It just wasn't going to work. That's right. And so it, it was kind of like flirtatious until I retired. And then because there weren't any f- teams available, essentially I kind of became a co-manager with a friend of mine. And now I'm in the league and, <laughs> as a co-manager. Uh, but, dude, I, I really got into it hard right away because it's the way we're wired. I wanted to win. I had some inside knowledge. And, like, I came within, like, two shots on goal of winning the league the first year I played. Oh. And I was crushed when I lost because I lost to my best buddy in it. And, and he's so good at it. <laughs> So I got to redeem myself here in the next couple of years and try to pull off a, a championship. Oh yeah, that is awesome. And, and it, it's, it's, it does get the competitive juices going. Like we just saw in major league baseball, guys were getting suspended because they're fighting over fantasy. I mean, I don't think anything's ha- ever happened like that, but you know, does, does do, do most teams probably have their own leagues within their team? Not everybody plays it, but like do teams have their own, like the, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers league or something like that. Does that, does that happen? Yeah, it's really common. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, at the start of the year, there's usually the buy-in. And there's been different forms of drafts over the years. You know, sometimes there actually is a formal draft. Sometimes it's done just after practice one day. (laughs) Um, And that's always kind of fun to see, especially for me being a suitcase and going to so many different teams, was to just see the machinations of each club. Like everybody had a different method for it. Um, And like I say, I wasn't into it and didn't play, but just kind of by osmosis, I learned about it and how each team did it. And I would say probably – I don't know, eight to 10 guys on each team, maybe half the club. A lot of times would play in these fantasy leagues and, um, and yeah, they were football, especially. And then, and then there were guys that were into baseball. Like I, again, I'm a red blooded American, you know, but I also mm-hmm. find that a lot of my Canadian friends are, they're just as much as into the MLB as Americans. And I tell you what, I never expected that. Um, it's pretty cool. So those are two to the two that I think really hockey is kind of gravitated towards with the players. No doubt. Uh, lastly, daily face-off. Uh, how you loving it? Uh, gearing up, excited for the season. You know, what can we expect from you this year with daily face-off? Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's, it's, um, it's been a job that I really never expected to be writing so often. You know, I was an economics major at St. Lawrence and I wrote a lot of papers, um, but they weren't kind of in the journalistic sense of things. So I've, I've had to learn how to mold my writing skills to what I'm doing there. But um, typically I put out three pieces a week and in season every day, I'm doing a goalie matchup. We do a streaming show five days a week at dailyfaceoff.com at noon and Eastern time. And we always have the podcast. You can catch it later on YouTube. Like time doesn't matter in today's world. You can digest right. content at any time. Um, but we do it daily and I'm typically on twice a week there. Uh, had a podcast with Scott Burnside that we've done together called Suitcase and Scribe. So busy with that. Um, I hop on Sirius XM every once in a while and host there. And um, you know how media works. Like you yeah. just kind of pick up what you can here and there. So I'm still connected to the Vegas community. I do a weekly show um, with Sinbin.Vegas that we go over the Golden Knights. And and that's a lot of fun because as a team that, you know, covering them for two years very closely, still feel very connected to. So um, I'm busy, dude. But yeah. I tell you what, it's fun. Um, 
can always catch me at Mike McKenna 56. And on top of that, I'm still the volunteer goalie coach at St. Lawrence University virtually. So there's a lot on the plate, my friend, but uh, I'm trying to eat. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, you're doing a great job. I really enjoyed the chat today. I hope we can do it again uh, during the season at some point. And uh, I look forward to catching on Daily Faceoff. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. I, I love to attacking things from the fantasy angle because it's something that's become like really near and dear to my heart, and it's it's a fun way to talk about it. So I appreciate you having me on today. All right. Take care, man. Thank you. You bet. There's Mike McKenna. Uh, he is, of course, a uh, former NHL goaltender, as he uh, mentioned. Nine different organizations uh, that he suited up with, uh, played for seven, and that's, it's, it's, it has the record with – He's Ron Tugnut and I can't remember the other guy, but that's, that's impressive. And I, I, I love talking to that guy, chatted with him on Twitter last couple of years. I, I like how he looks at it. And, and I just like talking to goalies. Who am I? Who am I going to kid anybody? I just like talking goalies. Okay. So look, we got, we got the goalie wall up. We got the Andy Moog. This is Duckman's domination. That's my fantasy team. And you know, Darcy Kemper will have that Jersey. Tony O. And uh, Mr. Day, Patrick Day, former Edmonton Oil King. The other goalie jerseys I have are on that wall, so I couldn't put them up. The Holpe uh, and the uh, Jordan Paperni. So that was a fun conversation. If you missed any of that, you'll catch it later on the replay on YouTube. As Mike said, time doesn't matter. We'll also put it out in audio format. And I apologize uh, if I didn't get to any questions uh, that anybody had. But thank you so much to uh, Mike for joining us on the show today that was so much fun when we come back we're going to get to some bold predictions when it comes to the national football league this season this is ultimate fantasy sports daily back in a second
All right, that was a really fun chat uh, with Mike McKenna of Daily Faceoff. As mentioned, if you missed it, uh, you can uh, catch it on uh, YouTube, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, or in uh, audio format as well. All right, Andy McNamara coming up uh, at the top of the hour, 5 p.m. Eastern. Ask Andy, send in your fantasy questions. We will get them answered. Uh, right now, though, let's uh, get to uh, a quick segment. Something uh, we are calling Bold Predictions. I know we're going to win. I know we're going to win. This was headlines, was headlines on all the sports sections in New York. Mark, Mark Mestier said, said, we will win games. Talking about guaranteeing we're going to win, yeah. That's right. That's the way we felt. He said we will win game six. He has just picked up the hat trick. I know we're going to win. I have that attitude. This was headlines on all the sports sections in New York. Mark Messier said, we will win game six. Talking about guaranteeing we're going to win, yeah. That's right. We know we're going to win. All right, bold predictions. That's what we're going with on the show today for the National Hockey League. What is your bold prediction for or the National Football League? Sorry, the National Football League bold predictions. Uh, we'll do this very quickly, and then we'll uh, bring in Andy McNamara, who is going to join us at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time. But what is your bold prediction? My bold prediction for the National Football League is that the Oakland Raiders are going to win the AFC West. Maybe you think that's not going to be the case, but I do. All right, all right, all right. It's going to be a tough victory, but I think they're going to do it. 60% of the time, it works every time. So I'd love to hear from you what your bold prediction is for the National Football League season. Could be fantasy, could be actual season. Uh, Devontae Adams, he's going to lead fantasy in receiving. He's going to be the number one fantasy receiver after this season. Now, of course, I'm a Raiders fan, so I'm leaning towards that because... I'm hoping to, um, what's it, uh, trying to uh, force it, will it to happen in the world. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I would like it to. So what is your bold prediction? When it comes to fantasy football, or it could be any kind of football. I know it. Bold predictions when it comes to the National Football League. Like I said, I think the Raiders are winning the AFC West. The Bills are going to win the AFC East, obviously. That's not a bold prediction. But the Miami Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. Is that a bold prediction? Hit me up at Duck Millard 
or drop your uh, answers, questions, anything else in the message board. Remember, we got Andy McNamara coming up at the top of the hour. Ask Andy your opportunity to get your fantasy football questions answered. This is a guy that lives and breathes football. So I ask Andy if you have fantasy football questions that you need answered, we will get those going. Uh, we did start and sit. I'll throw those up uh, to Andy McNamara. If you missed it earlier, uh, this tweet freaked a lot of people out from Field Yates. Panthers have added running back Christian McCaffrey to the injury report due to a shin issue, but he was a full participant in practice today, and the replies are predictably hilarious. Those are the clean ones. Uh, these are the start-sit options from this point of view uh, for the Bills and the Rams tonight. Obviously, both quarterbacks are starting. I wouldn't start uh, either running backs from the Bills, and I would start the the Rams. Um, both receivers are starters. Higby as a tight end is not, and uh, two receivers and a tight end I would start uh, for the Buffalo Bills. So, Agree, disagree, let me know. This is something that was cool that happened today in Major League Baseball. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina tie a Major League Baseball record with their 324th start as pitcher and catcher. What a battery. 324. That is impressive. 15 years these guys have been together. It ties the long-held record of Mickey Lolich and Bill Freeman of the Tigers, who spent 12 years together. Wayne Lena have been together 15. It would have happened sooner, but Molina was injured for a month. This is his last MLB, MLB season. He's announced that. Not sure about Wainwright. Uh, they're all over the Cardinal record book. April 6th, 2007, 15 years, five months, and one day was their first start. Of course, Albert Pujols watches on, but Yadier Molina in this magical game hits two home runs. Uh, the Nationals are crushing him 11-4, but it was a pretty cool moment. It was a pretty cool um, aspect to see these two guys walking out from the bullpen together. For the 324th time, Wayne Lena lives. And I love it. I had Molina until he got hurt. He was, you know, I was a bit of a rebuild year. Uh, but that's really cool. I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, how about this for golf fans? GMAC, Graham McDowell, says he'd like to see a player vote to decide if live golfers should be allowed to play Euro events. Rory didn't agree. If you're abiding by the rules, regulations of the tour, then by all means play. But if you've broken the rules, regulations, actions have consequences. Like, this is split families and friends. I don't know. I listen. I I don't know what GMAC thinks they should get a vote. The rules are there. 
So I don't know. It's and listen, I'm I I don't have a problem with the live golf guys going to to play uh, in in that format. McDowell's forty three years old. Why would you blame him for doing that? No, I you know you. But what I'm the the interesting thing is is that now they're saying, oh, we should have a vote. Well, no, you knew the situation when you went to live. Now you got to sleep with it. You made your bed, now you sleep in it. That's the way it goes. All right, give me 30 seconds. I'm going to get everything set up uh, for the main man, Andy McNamara. Ask Andy, coming up in about 30 seconds time. We're back right away. Just uh, about th- uh, 5 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Mountain Time, 2 p.m. in Pacific, and uh, I believe that would be 6.30 in Newfoundland, Labrador. Uh, this is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Twitch channel. My name is Dean Millard. Thanks for being with us today. Incredibly fun conversation with uh, Mike McKenna uh, earlier in the program uh, where we talked a lot about fantasy and a lot about goalies. So there's a reason I liked it. But right now, I'm really excited to bring in Mr. Andy McNamara, the head of football for Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. And man, this has to be exciting. We're going to do Ask Andy uh, so people can ask you some fantasy questions. But uh, like, what's your heart rate at right now? Even though the Browns aren't playing, it's still football. Right. Well, Dean, you know, I I have to, I'm always kind of in in Browns gear mode, but I got to really amp it up. So I got the 75th anniversary thing that I got my my golf shirt on. I, I do have to put away all my Baker Mayfield gear, though. I got a lot of it. My Baker stuff has to go away because they're playing the Browns, Carolina Panthers and Baker in week one. So yeah, I'm super pumped. Bills Rams tonight. Let's go. UFAFL season two kicks off tonight as well. So we're, we're pretty excited. All right, so uh, the hashtag is out there. Ask Andy if people have some fantasy football questions. Uh, they can throw them in our chat on Twitter uh, or they can throw them at you on uh, Twitter uh, or in, on Twitch rather or they can throw it at you on Twitter as well. So if you're watching us on Twitch, just throw some in the message board if you have any questions, and we will get to them. As for tonight, uh, like how deep do you go with the Rams and the Bills when it comes to it? I did a little start-sit here that I'll throw up, and you can kind of evaluate what I said with this. Um, like, I, you know, sometimes you look at some teams and you're like, just start any player offensively for them. Uh, but that's not always the case. What do you think of these start-sit options and how deep do you go with these two teams? Uh, Josh Allen and Stafford, yes and yes. The Stafford situation, though, Dean, that's, 
That's a, that's a dicey one to, to track all year. Now, the elbow rumors all off season, mm-hmm. how healthy is it? Now, apparently he had a procedure and he yep. says he feels better than he did this time last year. So, okay, that is good because you know you're not getting fantasy points for Matt Stafford moving. If he's moving, he's going to his butt getting sacked. He's not right. going anywhere. So he's, he's going to have to be chucking up three hundy and three touchdowns and no picks to have a good fantasy day. So I love the two starts there. Let's go running backs. Devin Singletary, totally with you. That Buffalo situation is a complete committee. It's like Miami. It's like Philadelphia, Kansas City. You don't want to touch. And by the way, the quarterback, Josh Allen, if it's at the goal line, he's not afraid to call his own number either. Right. So totally with you. Singletary, Cook, not interested. Akers, yes. And I have him as my sleeper guy who's going to be, uh, I, I believe, in PPR anyway, a top 12 fantasy running back this year. Because, Dean, he's already got a little bit of the dirty work done from coming back from a serious injury with mm-hmm. that Achilles injury last year, did it during the playoffs. He was not explosive. He was not, he was not good. But that's fine because he shook off the rust. Now what we have to hope is he gets back to that 4.3 yards per carry average he did as a rookie. And I think if the Rams are smart, you ease off the workload for Matthew Stafford as far as having him throw 40 times a game, at least the first half of the season, give the ball to Akers more. So I like Akers. I would not start Darrell Henderson myself. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be Akers game. Um, and if they're not going to Akers, Henderson, more of a change of pace. And I, I think actually with Akers being out last year, we got some real clarity on Darrell Henderson because it was all, um, well, he just needs a shot. Well, he got a shot. And he didn't do anything with it. So mm-hmm. I think he, I think he's a good handcuff to have. Like I, I don't disagree having him on your team necessarily, but I wouldn't start him. The rest, Diggs, yes, absolutely. Cooper Cup, hell yes. Robinson, yes. Gabe Davis, yes. Dawson Knox, Tyler Higby. Uh, you know what? I like the Knox pick. Higby, I'm with you. I just think the ball um, that there's there's not going to be enough to necessarily go around with the volume that Cup and Robinson, especially, and when Van Jefferson gets back, uh, are now Jefferson's out tonight but that he's going to command. So I'm, I'm with you on all those except for uh, Darrell Henderson. Okay, that's that's really good. And, and I wasn't really sure what, you know, is actually going to happen, but you're, the Cam Akers stuff certainly gives uh, a, a little bit more uh, clarity. Um, you know, it's there's, there's some teams where you're like, yeah, you want as many players in, uh, but that Buffalo running back situation, uh, you know, we had Matt Beauvais of, out of Buffalo yesterday, and he said, yeah, stay away from them all. So uh, I'm glad that we're, we're all agreeing that. Okay, so the other thing we did today is I call it the top three Reggie Wayne receivers uh, in, in the NFL because I always thought he was the, like, he's, he's on the opposite side of a Hall of Famer. Uh, is Reggie Wayne in the Hall of Fame? Like, he should be a Hall of Famer if he's not because I thought he played that role particularly amazing. And that's not an easy role for everybody to play for their whole career because sometimes you want to be the man all the time. And so let's talk about some number two guys, uh, the best number two receivers. What do you think about this list and who would you add or who else do you like? Gabe Davis, uh, he's, I think in in a lot of drafts, he may have been overdrafted, but Mm. it is a pass-heavy offense in Buffalo. We just talked about the running back situation. If it's not Stefan Diggs, the next two logical options are Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox. Now, the other thing we have to wonder, and we'll get our first sneak peek tonight, is how this Buffalo offense looks post-Brian Dable. Now the head coach of the Giants, Dable was the guy who trained up 
a super raw Josh Allen, the rawest of any of the QBs in that 2018 class, and brought him along. I think Josh Allen's ready to stand on his own two feet. But is there going to be any tweaks to the offense? Is there anything different? That's, that's really what we're going to have to check out. Love Gabe Davis. Allen Robinson, absolutely. This is going to be a real test for Allen Robinson's career. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he has been saddled with crap quarterbacks. My goodness, Steve. Like, good, look at the QBs the man has had thrown to him. So now he's going to have a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And Matt Stafford throw to him. And if you're looking at Cooper Cup, and, it, you know, if you double, triple team him, whatever, should have a lot of opportunity for him. Now, Adam Thielen, I like this at, let's say, the, the first few weeks of the year. We've seen him get more injury prone, slow down. I actually think if we're talking about full year, Dean, uh, if you have Adam Thielen on your team, I would look to try to trade him. I use him as trade bait earlier in the season to, before those injuries come. And Justin Jefferson, I believe, is going to be the best wide receiver in fantasy football this year. Then it's who else? And a guy to watch for who I believe could potentially jump to a number two if anything happens to Thielen is K.J. Osborne mm. the Vikings. That dude flashed last year. And another one, if you move to the Chargers, uh, Canada's own Josh Palmer. I am super bullish on this guy, Dean, for Josh hey. Palmer. Um, I, I just think he's going to be tremendous. Yeah, those both of those guys uh, were on my grab and stash list yesterday. To uh, you know, if you have any room on your roster, you know, it depends on on where you are and and, and where where your franchise is. But if you have some room, definitely two guys that are some pretty good options. Uh, it's ex- I'll, I'll give you another one too, Dean. If yes. you want, I'll give you yes. I'll give you one more. Um, T Higgins and T Higgins is a number two, who I think is going to be a top twelve fantasy producer. I think he's a number two who's going to give you WR one numbers back end. I think I have him ranked right at 12 myself. Everyone loves Jamar Chase, as do I. Here's what we have to realize with the Cincinnati Bengals. They love to throw a lot, to a fault. They improved the offensive line, unlike last year, where it was not good, not protecting. Now they improved that. Now they have that. So now you can throw Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow's not going to be planted on his butt. And T. Higgins, as I possibly think, could be the best number two with number one upside in the whole NFL for fantasy football this year. All right, so there you go. Uh, trade Adam Thielen early and jump on the uh, the Higgins train uh, for sure. A couple of things to uh, watch for as the season rolls along. And obviously we're excited about uh, the NFL season and fantasy football, but uh, there are 32 franchises that are very excited about week one in the ultimate American Ultimate Fantasy American Football League, and you know, so many things come to mind. Uh, Circa has never lost a regular season game. Can they keep that streak going? What does Legion do in defense? Uh, is there a particular matchup uh, that you're excited about when you look at this board? Well, I, I think an interesting one is Hydra versus uh, the Warriors because that has a new owner rebranded looking very sharp has an ultimate warrior theme to it so yeah my wrestling team yeah uh that's our that's our buddy show ali so that's his team versus uh the phil beavis led hydra everyone's favorite villain phil who uh, i phil's already chirping in the chats by the way folks he's going after show uh phil knows what he's doing show show's been my co-host for the fantasy show on sports at the last couple years i know he knows what he's doing so that might be one of the ones i'm more i'm most interested in also New GM for the Paradise Blackhawks, the Chris Carter, Michael Vick, Terrence, Bud Crawford owned franchise. And we met this gentleman at the Fantasy Football Expo. Great guy. Uh, Fernando Geronimo, and they have Sports Time HQ 
uh, aired one of their shows on our Twitch channel. So Fernando's the new GM. He has um, Karina as his assistant and uh, assistant GM, and she helps with that show as well. So I want to also see, okay, new look Paradise Blackhawks. They've been wheeling and dealing a little bit, Dean. So those are yeah. those are some ones to watch out for for week one. That's really really cool, and I love the 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 turnover and the movement and and you know the hiring of different GMs and you know people do not realize how intense this is and oh, you know ch- change from from year to one and people get more comfortable and used to such a big league you know year two will be even more exciting than the first one was and you guys had an undefeated team in the year in the first year yeah. so that's really cool absolutely yeah absolutely so circa they're the big dogs they always have. Legion's the champ, but Circa always has the target on their back, right? Yep. You got the you got the, the billionaires, right? They're they're the big dogs there. Uh and, and yeah, Legion, how does how does Legion come back? How does Legion reply? Because also now, you know, it's one thing to hunt, nothing to be the hunted. So we'll see yeah. what Legion does. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, teams in fantasy uh, sometimes have a hard time repeating. So we'll see what happens. It's also week number two of the ultimate college fantasy football league. Yeah. This is so amazing. And like, you know, the, our, our ultimate crypto racing championship has got me excited for racing again. This league had me watching TCU and the Buffaloes last week on Saturday night, yes. just to see what was going on. So I'm really excited about this. I know this is great for our scouting program because you get return uh, on investment and just another opportunity to take part in one of the most unique setups out there it's it's so cool and i'm with you dean it's it, i've always liked college football obviously but i used to pay more attention to it closer to the end of the season when then you're starting to figure out things for the nfl draft well now i'm watching yeah uh, x number of games each week now i'm pumped we have also our first signed college player zion bones out of hawaii so i'm staying up late watching hawaii games at 11 o'clock at night you know university of hawaii sharpest helmets maybe in all of college football uh, yeah. But the league's a ton of fun, and the ownership, you got DB and DJ State, that's owned by our buddy Walt Harris, NFL Pro Bowler, uh, as well as ESPN Radio uh, host Jake Wimberly, he's in on there. NWU, which is the feeder team, which is the college team for, we just talked about with Show Ali, the Warriors, see similar logo, right? So you have those feeder teams, and you mentioned the scouts, where it's now you own these prospects, you don't just have to sit on them, now you can earn some revenue on it and deal those guys. So. It's, it's tons of fun. Like, I love the logos. You got Alpha Ape University, former NFLer, Charles Stackhouse, fullback with the Giants and Vikings. He's in there. Garrett Jones, our buddy, of course, uh, he's in there as well. Uh, Dan Esposito with Heroes U. And the Rebellion State, Garrett Jones, also called by my guy, Eric Metcalf. I got his card right up here, of course. Uh, a friend of, course. Of, uh, of UFF Sports Ambassador and all that good stuff. So you look like War Dogs uh, uh, logo is amazing. Like, it's just a lot of great um, looking stuff. And folks, UFFSports.com, you go to the sport. If you like one of these or the UFAFL, just do UFF Sports slash UCFFL. You can get this merch. You can get hats, mugs, whatever, shirts, whatever you want. Because uh, these are really, really sharp. Terror State's another great one. I, I love all these logos. Yeah, I, I love the ability. You know, you know, my favorite thing, uh, we've got the Duckman's Domination jersey back here in the Hockey yeah. League. Like, that's the that's the coolest part is, you know, I, I, my, our question of the day today is, what is your fantasy football team name? And there's a lot of, lot of goofy ones. And we all have those leagues where we're in, where we have goofy names and things like that. But these are, are really cool names. And, you know, just like when we had the Ultimate Fantasy World Juniors, 
you get to name your your university, your college, and 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 in the World Juniors, you get to name your country. That's so cool. The looks of these are amazing. And you're right. Just go to UFF Sports, hit the shop button, and you get to look at all of these uh, amazing things. Uh, and, and this is more than just you know starting a lineup. You there is a connection to these people because as you mentioned, yeah. UFF athlete out of Hawaii, and that logo that he's sporting at practice is drawing a lot of attention. It is. He, he said to me, he, he said, Andy, my teammates are, I say, hey, what, what's that shirt? That's awesome. Like, look at these logos. They're phenomenal. Like, come on. Right? Like, they're, it, it's amazing. And we got Bowens written on the back of his shirt. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's so much fun. And the college stuff is just great. And you get these wacky. The thing with college, too, it's almost like fantasy in real life a little bit. Because sometimes you get scores like Ohio State, I think, is favored right. by 43 and a half points this week. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. The first uh, OSU game, I was talking with uh, Cameron Turner, uh, who's owner of the North Stars in UFHL, and it was 58-44 against Central Michigan. I mean, like, that's, that's um, you know, how do you not, how are you not entertained if you, or how can you, uh, you you're, what am I trying to say? You have to be entertained watching that game. Uh, just with the amount of points that are scored. And you just never know. Like this year or this week, Georgia, they move up to number two because everybody thought that they were going to crash with losing everybody. And another big surprise, Georgia moves up to number two after one week. Maybe that's an overreaction, but it's uh, it's 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 the one sport um, where, you know, you can look at it and say, hey, are we going to get an Appalachian State upset this weekend? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, and, and another weird one, Ohio State wins by 11, drops in the rankings 2-3. Yeah. to three. I It's weird. But that's, you know, that's that's how it works. We got, Dean, if you want, we got an Ask Andy question here on Twitter. Oh, yes. Andy MC, the one if you want me to uh, yes. want me to hit it up here. Jump on uh, that right now. Here. We got uh, at Pedro in Calgary, says, hashtag Ask Andy, Damian Pierce or Marquise Brown for non-PPR flex this week? So Damian Pierce... His value has been skyrocketing in the running yeah. back position ever since they dumped Marlon Mack. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who wanted out of Baltimore for two years because Lamar Jackson couldn't get him the football. Well, now he's going to have an opportunity. Regardless of that, non-PPR, even if it was PPR, I'm going Damian Pierce. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid here, Dean. Um, although, we have to remember, Houston Texans are not a good football team. However, he's getting lead back duties. He can catch out of the backfield. And Davis Mills was improving – at the end of last year. So I got a couple of, uh, in, in one of my, I think two of my fantasy leagues, uh, my redraft leagues, I got some Damian Pierce. So I believe you go with Damian Pierce this week and let's see what he does. You know, he's a rookie, but we've seen constantly that rookie running backs can step in day one and be fantasy impact players. Yeah. You know what? And if, if, uh, as we've seen guys start fast and fizzle, at least you take advantage of it now, right? Like there, yeah. there's always going to be guys that have that great first week and then you never see them. I think Sammy Watkins a couple of years ago had oh, like yeah. that massive first night and I, I was lucky enough to start him. That means my team was not that good and I benefited and then didn't, you know, Sammy Watkins was hardly heard from again. So that's the thing is, is over reactions is you can't overreact about first of all the preseason and then that first week of the season thinking you're going to get that output from that guy consistently and that's Sammy Watkins yeah. in a nutshell oh I, I, I never draft Sammy Watkins because you're always chasing 
right? He's one of those guys like a McCall Hardman, MVS as well, who they'll do nothing for four weeks. Will Fuller is a perfect example of that as well when he was uh, when he was hot. They'll do nothing for a month, then have like a 200-yard game. And when you look at the end of the season, you look and maybe the guy finishes as a, you know, whatever spot. And you're like, that's not bad. You have to look at the games, folks. Are they popping in two or three games and then right. nothing else? I hate players like that because then you're chasing the whole time. Sammy Watkins definitely one of those. I want no shares of Sammy Watkins. Yeah, the game logs look like, like, here, the game logs are like this, like, they go straight yeah. down like a bad stock, right? Good start, yeah. and then nothing after that. And then, but the thing is, the, then when you give up, inevitably, you drop <laughs> him, you trade him, and then he goes off, and you're like, ah, you know what, I called, Miles Gaskin was that guy for me last year, I called him Gaslight Gaskin for me, because I thought I was going nuts, every, every, it would just like, okay, I'll start him, nothing, nothing, and then I'd keep him on the bench, and he so I was like, no, no more Gaskin. Miami backfield again, folks. You got a Miami running back? Not interested. There we go. By the way, S. Peters 18 on the uh, Twitch chat was asking about a possible franchise. And as I mentioned, franchise is always for sale on the UFFS platform. Uh, whatever sport, you can always make an offer. It's on the blockchain. Uh, so uh, maybe S. Peters 18 will be reaching out and uh, checking into yeah. purchasing a franchise. We have the great scouting platform, and it's awesome. But we're, we're just... We're a little bit away. I think we're like an hour away now, Andy. What is the rest, what is the next hour for you going to be like? Well, uh, you know what? I have a, uh, a hit coming up on Saskatchewan Sports Radio uh, in about 10 minutes time. So I got that. I have a, my weekly ESPN New Jersey radio hit tomorrow. So I'm getting, I did TSN Montreal today, Sportsnet Calgary the other day. So I'm spinning with it because people, of course, Want to know that fantasy information right up until kickoff. And Dean, here's the other thing. Talk about right up until kickoff. Starting this Sunday, the brand spanking new yes. show on Twitch, Ultimate Fantasy Football Show. I'll be with you 11 a.m. There it is. 11 a.m. to noon each Sunday. And here's why that time slot is very important. Because the injury reports, the final injury reports come out at 11.30 for those 1 o'clock games. So people inevitably panic because somebody you thought wasn't out is out. Classic is like the Julio Jones thing. Everybody all week is, and then you, you have to figure it out. So we'll be on taking your questions on social media, on Twitch, 11 to 12 each and every Sunday. We'll also keep you up to date on the UFAFL and college updates as well uh, throughout the show. But it will be up to the second instant reaction and start sits for every single game when it comes to uh, the NFL for week one and beyond. So I can't wait until that. Well, there you go. That's how you win your fantasy league. Get the most up-to-date information yeah. before game time. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to tonight, my man. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the game. All right. You too, Dean. Talk to you later. You bet. There's Andy McNamara, the head of football for UFFS. Ask Andy every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, during the football season. Check him out on Twitter, at AndyMC81. All right. Uh... The Rams are the champs in the NFL, the defending champs. And when we return, we are going to set up the defending champs in the National Hockey League. It's our Dauber Hockey NHL team preview coming up next on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Just give me a second to set it all up, and we will be right back. So in the meantime... Here is something very cool you should check out.
Get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the Global Sim Racing Champion. Create your crypto livery. Enter with the best designs. Enter to win prizes. Outrace your competition. Winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season-long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project. That was fun and tiring. Ask Andy. Uh, lots going on there. Remember, Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern. Ultimate fantasy football. You want to win your league? That's how it's done. Andy will help you win your league. Get the latest and greatest updates that you need. Okay, so uh, it is time now for our Dauber Hockey NHL team previews. And uh, we're going in alphabetical order. And today, it's the defending champion, Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, the Avalanche obviously have lost a couple of pieces from last year. In Nazem Kadri and uh, Darcy Kemper, their goaltender, they are hoping they've replaced those guys with the proper uh, players. Um, but the top three stars that I'm going with, uh, I'll run through this. Obviously, Nathan McKinnon. Be very interesting to see what happens with his contract. Fantasy owners in salary cap leagues are very should I say worried? I think worried is the proper term. If you're in a salary cap league, you probably should be worried that Nathan McKinnon is going to blow it out of the water. So hopefully you have about $12 million put away for the next contract. Now, Gabe Landeskog is who I went with for number two because 
he fills out more categories. And the reason I did this, I looked at our league, and uh, you know, I we have one of the most realistic leagues out there. Still some tweaks that need to be made. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but it's very realistic. And Gabriel Landeskog, I had Amiko Rantanen because he fills out more categories. And he was a higher point-per-game guy. He was in the fives. Miko Rantanen was about 4.86. That's the reason I went with him. Now, disagree all you want, that's fine. I I, I wouldn't sit here and argue with you um, vehemently that Miko Rantanen shouldn't be in the top three. But I went with Landeskog just because for that reason he puts up more categories. Now, the Gators are the team in our league. And they are should be worried about Nathan McKinnon. I think they've done a pretty good job. That's the uh, the Conacher family. Ryan Dezingle, who plays in Utica. It's funny, we were talking with Mike McKenna earlier about not playing fantasy when you're playing. Mike Mc, or, or, uh, Ryan, uh not Ryan Dezingle. Um, oh, the name is uh, escaping me. Ryan, uh, um, somebody will help me out here. Uh, he is the, the GM of the Gators, and he's playing in the American Hockey League. So, uh... Unfortunately, I'm having a brain cramp on the name, but it is kind of interesting. So the Gators, that's their franchise. They're obviously watching this Nathan McKinnon uh, situation very, very closely. Uh, Landeskog is with, uh, I think, I think Landeskog is, yeah. That's a uh, Blades of Steel uh, player. Blades of Steel. Face off. Got the Blades of Steel for you. It's the pass. It's the pass. Uh, Kale McCarr, obvious choice for defenseman for top three stars of the Titans. Um, Could very well dominate the Norris Trophy uh, for the next uh, six, seven years. My breakout player is uh, Alex Newhook. And and it looks like um, Alex Newhook might slide into that Nazem Kadri spot, which would be quite interesting uh, and quite the oops the opportunity. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to bring up the uh, the Dauber Hockey um, for Colorado because the the lines are a little bit different. So anyway. Uh, if Alex Newhook can be that breakout player, in my opinion, if he can get and keep that second uh, line spot. Uh, if not, there's definitely uh, opportunities galore in Colorado. This is what uh, Dauber Hockey has going as far as uh, the line combinations going in. Um, you know, the big three, keep them together. You want a cup, why wouldn't you? And then there's Alex Newhook with Lekkonen and Nichushkin. Now, that's obviously a downgrade. I don't care what you think about Nazem Kadri. He was amazing last year. They get an 84-point season. I don't know if he's going to do the same thing in uh, Colorado in Calgary. But I don't think Alex Newhook is replacing the production 
that Kadri had. I still think he's a breakout candidate and could be really good. Still had 17 goals last year. We'll see. That second line, you know, you're still getting a potential of 320 goal guys. So while it is a downgrade, in my opinion, from Kadri, at least at the start, maybe it balances out as things go. And my sleeper is Pavel Fransou. We talked with uh, Mike McKenna. He, he brought him up uh, when we were chatting earlier. And, you know, Darcy Kemper was a top five fantasy goalie last year because of the win factor. Fransuz took over in the playoffs when Kemper got poked in the eye, etc. So he's my sleeper. The Generals, obviously hoping Pavel Fransu has a big year, and Alex Newhook uh, for Strong Island uh, could be a big uh, addition to Strong Island as the season goes on. Like I said, I'm, I don't think you're going to see near the production that Nazem Kadri had, especially at the start, but you know maybe fantasy points per game gets closer to what Kadri had as the season goes on. So a little bit of a downgrade, but still plenty of options on this Colorado Avalanche team. Um, especially on that blue line. I mean, you're looking at a defenseman in the draft, in your fantasy draft this year. Look no further than this Colorado Avalanche team. And they might have to make some moves still. There still might be work to be done for this Avalanche team, but Taves and McCarr are great. Didn't even have Gerard in the playoffs. Josh Manson was the guy they picked up. Bowen Byram. Can you imagine Bowen Byram? He'd be on a... He'd be at least second pairing on most other teams. And right now, he's behind Samuel Gerrard and Josh Manson. And then you got the stalwart Eric Johnson. So, really, really uh, impressive roster still for the Colorado Avalanche. And like I said, tons and tons of fantasy options for you to pick when you're looking. Especially if you're looking on the blue line. Look no further than that roster. Also want to tell you about uh, our amazing logo contest that we have going. Just head to uffsports.com. You can find the bracket challenge. We are in the finals. So there's that Warriors. That was the team that uh, Andy was just talking about, our good friend Showa Lee, the ultimate warrior logo. Lost out to the Sting Race. Uh, and then the Black Bears beat the Sparrows. And so you have the Stingrays and the Black Bears in the final. Both are owned by Arlo Schultz. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Great design, obviously. Great concept. The Stingrays have a little hockey stick in there. Very, very cool. So you can vote uh, at ML or at uffsports.com. And then you just uh, head to the... Um, bracket challenge and you will be able to find all that good stuff all right uh i'm gonna take a short break get a drink of water when we get back into things uh we'll take a look at uh some baseball news recap a little bit about what went down today Uh, we'll look again at our start sit options major league baseball rookie of the year awards and more this is ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports back in 30 seconds. 
Segment of uh, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily, taking you right up until 6 p.m. Eastern. We're here Monday to Friday, twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. And uh, so far today, it has been uh, just a terrific show guest-wise. Check out the names that have been on the show. Mike McKenna, Daily Faceoff Analyst. Really amazing conversation about the goalies you should be paying attention to when it comes to fantasy we're definitely going to have to get Mike back on. He was awesome. And he's going to be on Daily Faceoff every day. They're ramping up for stuff. Frank Saravalli there as well. So awesome stuff from Mike. Andy McNamara, our head of football for Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. Ask Andy every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern here on the show. Get your start, sit, ready for tonight. We'll get to the Rams and Bills in a second. And we preview the Colorado Avalanche. We also had bold prediction. Mine is the Oak or the Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders will win the AFC West. That's my bold prediction for the National Football League season. Devontae Adams also will be the number one receiver in fantasy football. That was my bold prediction um, individually. So hit me up at Duck Ballard on Twitter. Uh, you can also just chime in on the message board on our Twitch channel. Thanks to everybody uh, for tuning in to the show today. You can find if you missed any of those interviews, by the way, with Andy or uh, Mike McKenna, and I highly recommend the Mike McKenna interview. Uh, check them out UFSN Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network on YouTube or in podcast uh, audio format, you can check out uh, UFSN, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, wherever you get your wonderful podcasts from. Okay, so obviously tonight is a massive night uh, when it comes to uh, sports betting, fantasy, and of course the real world. It's the Bills and the Rams. These are the start sits that I went with, and I made sure Andy checked them over. So I'll tell you, this is what I was going with. The only thing he disagreed with, I think, was Daryl Henderson, or Darrell Henderson starting uh, as uh, another running back for the Rams. So take it for what you will. But this is who you should be looking at, in our opinion, tonight. And you can put a sit beside Henderson there if you want, because Andy said he would sit him, and who am I to argue with the expert? But obviously, if you have both quarterbacks, you're starting them. Don't, don't even go near the running backs for Buffalo this year unless you are terribly desperate. 
Diggs and Davis, no-brainers, all day long. A lot of people are not on the Dawson Knox train, but I am, at least to start the season. He doesn't get near the amount of targets, and he won't with those two receivers ahead of him in Diggs and Davis, but he will be a big target in the red zone for Josh Allen. Stafford, yeah, Akers, yep. Now, Henderson was the one uh, person Andy disagreed with. Cup and Allen Robinson, just like on the other side, Cup and Allen Robinson probably should start every week for you that they're playing. What, it doesn't matter what matchup. Just start Cooper Cup. That's just that's just fantasy 101. And sitting Tyler Higby because there's going to be Akers, there's going to be Cup, and there's going to be Robinson. Gobble, gobble, gobble. All the targets. So that starts sit. What do you think? Tell me what you think. Hit me up at Duck Millard on Twitter. You can also reach us at UFS Network, at UFF Sports on Twitter. The Instagram is at UFF Sports Official. The website is UFSports.com. And if you'd like to send us an email about anything, info at UFFSports.com. So there's your starts and sits, and here's a heart attack moment for fantasy owners of Christian McCaffrey. Field Yates putting out the Panthers have added running back Christian McCaffrey to the injury report due to a shin issue. He was a full participant at practice today, and then the, as you would expect, replies because... CMC has not been on the field very often. It was 23 games in the last two years. Uh, just one signing in the NHL today, Caden Primo signing uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. A cap hit of 890, not $890,000. Uh, he's a seventh round pick in uh, 2017. And the reason that this is important is because it's it's actually a three-year deal. Uh, because Carey Price, nobody knows what's going to happen while Carey Price is, is injured. Um, and most people assuming that Carey Price's career is over. So uh, the Montreal Canadiens signing Caden Primo to a deal. And this is a, a very interesting situation uh, they have uh, Samuel Montembeau and Jake Allen. Uh, and if anybody gets hurt, you're looking at a guy like uh, Primo being the next man up with Carey Price on the shelf. I think he's the only other goalie they have signed in the organization um, aside from Jake Allen and uh, Samuel Montembeau. Uh, and Price, of course, but Price is on, he's going to be on injured uh, reserve for the whole season, $10.5 gone, just like that. So, uh, as I told you earlier, a shocker uh, when Field Yates put out his information. Uh, Yankee fans haven't had a lot to cheer about, so let's give Yankee fans something to cheer about for yesterday. Aaron Judge, home run 55. High drive, left field, going back, cave, turning, locking, see ya! Number 55, double nickels. Yankees are on the board. It's 3-1 Twins. Only a matter of time before we 
reaches and surpasses number 61. So that just like, it's just such an effortless swing. Um, And it's unfortunate that the Yankees have been so banged up because judge has really been carrying those guys. They won both games of the doubleheader yesterday. That was huge. Like that was massive for Yankee fans to breathe a bit of a sigh of relief um, to just, take a day off from worrying, pushes their lead back in the AL East to five games. It stems the tide a little bit. They've won four in a row now. Closed out the the win on Sunday, and since then they've won four. They could make it five in a row tonight against the Twins again. And this, this is not going well for the Twins. The only thing that's helping them is Cleveland is also losing because Cleveland is two games up, and neither of these teams are going to get a wild card spot. Uh, the wild card spot will likely be Toronto or Baltimore. Baltimore maybe a little less likely. Big big Alec Manoa performance yesterday for the Blue Jays as they lengthened their lead on the wild card spot to four and a half, and you know they got their eyes on moving up in that wild card spot, and then they you know they don't have to take on the division leader. Uh, although you might want to, because right now, see if you if the Jays get ahead of Seattle, they'll take on Tampa Bay. You might want to face Cleveland instead of Tampa Bay. So we'll see uh, what shakes down out of that. Uh, but some interesting Major League Baseball news to tell you about: Max Scherzer officially placed on the IL. He left his start on Saturday after five innings and just sixty-seven pitches. Because of fatigue that had left, kept him on the shelf for about seven weeks from late May into July. Saturday, he said it was just precautionary and he was expecting to make his next start. But Wednesday, they decided to play it safer and placed him on the 15-day IL retroactive to September 4th. So he'll be able to come back on the 19th and they're hoping because... They need this guy for the postseason. They need this guy to keep ahead of the Braves. Uh, This could be really, really huge. Also, Starling Marte suffered a partial fracture of his middle finger on his right hand, non-displaced fracture, when he was hit by Mitch Keller on Tuesday. He left that game, didn't play in Wednesday's double header. That was okay for the Mets because Tyler Naquin went four for eight with a homer, a double, a walk, and four RBIs. Marte's day for day. He's not on the uh, IL, so don't get freaked out about that. Matt Carpenter's fractured left foot showed some healing on a recent X-ray, but X-ray, but uh, he is in a protective boot still and will be reevaluated in ten to fourteen days. The cat Tony Goslin has resumed uh, playing catch, but is behind his anticipated return for the uh, Dodgers for his next start. And the Rangers have called up third-base prospect Josh Jung. Finally, uh, he'll replace utility man Brad Miller. Um, I don't know why Brad Miller got such a big contract. He's on the 10-day injured list with a hip injury. Uh, They also needed to clear a spot for Jung on the 40-man roster. He's the eighth overall pick from 2019 a consensus top 30 prospect going into this season. 
Some people thought he was going to make the opening day lineup, but he hurt his left shoulder, tore his labrum, lifting weights in February. That put him on uh, the slab for surgery, kept him out until late July, but he has a slash line of 266, 326, 549 home runs in 31 games since then, and will make his big league debut this weekend. The Rangers don't play today, so... 19 home runs in 78 games between double and triple A in 2021. 326 average, 398 on base, 592 slugging. Pretty, pretty impressive stuff there uh, for that. So something to watch for Texas Ranger fans and obviously somebody to help you down the stretch, getting into the playoffs, winning a playoffs. If you're in the UFLB, then you are obviously looking at this as a, you know, a potential guy that can help you down the stretch. They're not going to the playoffs, but uh, can help you get to the uh, playoffs potentially. All right, here's some Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year odds. And you know who likes this in the UFLB? Yeah, the Arctic Eagles and the Rum Runners, two amazing logos in UFLB play. These are the uh, current odds uh, from FanDuel from actually, well, from uh, September 5th, actually, about the uh, Rookie of the Year. And it's no contest in the AL with Julio Richman Rodriguez. Adley Rushman is doing some stuff lately to try to close the gap. But this is going to be Rodriguez. So you can start engraving his name. Uh, in the National League, Spencer Strider just racked up 16 Ks, a Braves record. Not quite as heavy as odds as uh, Julio does, but still a, f- a fairly healthy lead. Michael Harris, the only guy, his fellow teammate, that has a chance to catch him. Seiya Suzuki. Not the uh, rookie of the year season that the uh, certainly the Cubs uh, were hoping for. So I don't know. Is there anybody like that should be higher on that list? I don't think so. I think it's pretty impressive. And the other baseball note today, we talked about this. Wayne Lena, Adam Wainwright, and Yadier Molina. They made their 324th start as pitcher and catcher. That ties the record. The record was set by a couple of Tigers. Mickey Lolich and Bill Free, and they were 12 years together. Wayne Lena, 15-year project. Their first start, April 6, 2007. 15 years, five months, and a day. And then Yadier goes out and hits two bombs today. They got crushed, but he hit two bombs. Pujols still at 695. One behind Alex Rodriguez and the chase for 700. I really, like I said the other day, I really don't want to see Albert Pujols come back at 696 or something. It would just be awesome. He hit the home run, number 700, and then I'm out of here. Adios. See you later. That would be, I think, the most ideal situation. If 
if you can hit that magical shot and then ride off into the sunset and you don't have to come back the next year and answer all the questions about number 700. So hopefully Pujols gets it. I didn't today, uh, but he was in the starting lineup. So, you know, the Cardinals uh, obviously have uh, the the postseason in mind. They're, they're going to win their division. By how much? They got a nine-game lead on Milwaukee. So they can afford to push pool holes for 700. Now, you, do, you obviously don't want to push pool holes for 700 at the expense of a playoff spot. Definitely, you do not want that. Playoffs? But you do want to try and give him as many opportunities as safely you can do to get to 700. So I want him to get it this year. I do not want to see Albert Pujols have to come back at 697 or 98. Like, A-Rod. A-Rod is at 696. You don't think that keeps A-Rod up at night? Maybe that's why him and J-Lo didn't work out. She just could not be with a 696. She wanted to be with a 700 man. I don't know if Ben Affleck has had 700 or anything, but maybe she just couldn't handle seeing 696. You just never know with Hollywood couples. All right, our top three best Reggie Wayne receivers, as I like to call them. The best number two guys in the NFL this year when it comes to fantasy. And these are the guys that you might be targeting in trades um, instead of going after the number one guys, instead of going after Stefan Diggs, instead of trying to get Cooper Cup, who could be great, but Cooper Cup I don't think is going to have the same season as he did last year. So he's going to take a step back. Gabe Davis of the Bills, opposite Stefan Diggs. Allen Robinson of the Rams, opposite Cooper Cup. And Andy said it. This is show me time for Allen Robinson. You know, had consistently been a top 10 wide receiver, was absolute garbage last year. Child, please. Terrible. Zero point zero. That's how many touchdowns he had after week one. Zero. This was Allen Robinson's contribution after week one last year. Nada. So this is huge for him. And there's pressure. He has to perform. He has to live up. And, you know, Davis or Robinson, they could be top five receivers at the end of the season just because of the situation. Now, I threw Adam Thielen in there, and he had a good point. Trade him early. Because he always gets hurt or falls off. It's like Kevin Shattenkirk in the NHL. So if you have Adam Thielen, just hope that he comes out of the gates flying and you can get something for him, and then he does the Adam Thielen things. So that's what I'm looking at when it comes to top three. Uh, And then the question of the day was a pretty simple one. What is the name of your fantasy football team? Pretty easy question. What is the name of your fantasy football team? Absolutely 
love the creativity that is out there when it comes to uh, fantasy football. Mine is not that creative. It's just the Brandon Apel. Oh, interesting uh, tweet that we got in uh, in regards to our conversation uh, with Mike McKenna. Uh, We're talking about uh, goaltenders. And Gord of Thunder says, Ilya Sorokin, that's my choice. Bounce back for the team in front of him. Elevates his numbers even higher than expected. So there you go. Great conversation with Mike McKenna. I really enjoyed that, and I really hope uh, we can do that uh, another time with Mike. Uh, he was a lot of fun to uh, to have on the show. And uh, like I said, a well-spoken man, a really good dude, and uh, you could catch him daily on Daily Faceoff as well. Just like you can catch us daily right here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, didn't get in uh, the... Big performers from last night, but uh, I will rattle them off. I'll find them right now when it comes to Major League Baseball. Pretty soon, we're going to have so much more to watch. Pretty soon, we're going to have hockey, football, and basketball. So when you're looking last night, Isaiah kiner Falefa. I butchered that one. I apologize. 19-point night uh, for the New York Yankee third baseman slash shortstop. Uh, He did hit a home run, had five RBIs, went three for eight in the doubleheader with three runs, scored, walked, uh, struck out once, and stole two bases, a 1.194 OPS. Um, Let's see. Who else did something impressive yesterday? David VR, third baseman. From the Outlaws, uh, Kinner Falafa is from the Moonshot, by the way. Uh, but uh, VR with an 18-point night, and he didn't even steal a base. It's usually what he does. He had two home runs. What the? Oh, that's that's again Jonathan VR. That's David VR. Sorry, I was thinking of a different guy. But he goes two bombs, two runs, two hits, and three at-bats, and uh, three RBIs. And on the pitching front, Garrett Cole, uh, he was masterful yesterday in uh, one win against the Minnesota Twins, giving up just one earned run, 18 and a half points. He goes six and two thirds and just one earned run. So he also gets the quality start, gets the win bonus, gave up just five hits and struck out 14. Had it really, really uh, spinning. A 1.35 ERA and uh, gave up one home run. Would have been more. It would have been a 22-and-a-half night if he didn't give up that home run. And Chris Bassett of the Mets, the other New York team, 18-and-a-half uh, points, uh, also gets the quality start because he went seven innings, gave up one earned run, five hits, 10 strikeouts, and a whip of .857, did not give up a home run. So those are your top-shelf fantasy performers from last night. Uh, Yadier Molina. He's going to be on that list. What did Yaddy do today? Uh, He's got to be leading a 16-point day for Yaddy with his two home runs, two runs, two hits, two for four, three RBIs, a 2.500 OPS. That is pretty impressive. And Alex Call of Washington equaled him, and he's a free agent. A home run, 
Four for five he went against St. Louis today. That is pretty impressive stuff. All right, big thanks to our guest today, Mike McKenna from Daily Faceoff, an amazing analyst, uh, just so fun to chat with. Love talking goalies with him. Andy McNamara, head of our football department. Ask Andy every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We previewed the Colorado Avalanche, the defending champs, and we took a look at some bold predictions. That is going to wrap things up for us uh, tonight, for me. Thank you very much uh, to Andy, to Mike, and to you, uh, the viewers. Really appreciate it, whether you're watching live on Twitch, whether you're watching on YouTube on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network in the replay, or you're listening wherever you find your podcast. Just search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, and we will get it to you. Thank you so much to join uh, for joining me today on the program Have yourself a wonderful Thursday night. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here. Thanks, now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.